When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into the Dublin Denver podcast. Folks, we are a few days out now. I want to say six days past the NFL draft uh, at the time we're recording. Seems like a long, long time ago. Um, delighted to be joined, Colin Cronus, Stuart Rush. And we're going to, today we're going to look back at what was a, a fascinating, shall we say, NFL draft. Uh, Colin, good to see you again, mate. Uh, starting off with you. We'll get into the draft in a second, but I uh, a weird draft, obviously in Kansas City. A lot of Chiefs memorabilia on TV. Glad to have that over. Uh, well, yeah, because it, it serves to remind us of, um, I suppose, just how poor the, the Broncos have been and just how dominant the, the Chiefs have been. Look, I think what I would say at the outset of, of all of this is um, that you are looking, we're going to talk draft we don't know and I look back say take the 2019 draft okay after that Broncos fans are pretty optimistic with the draft haul that year after year one oh my goodness the end of that year we were back baby we were going to be challenging things were great Drew Locke was in the ascendancy this was going to be fantastic well, at the end of the four years, uh, not a single um, pick from that draft remains. So uh, it can change, right? We might discuss it now. It might look so good in four years. Potentially, it could look very different. So that comes with the caveat. It's not just the talent. You're talking about landing spot. You're talking about scheme. You're talking about fit. You're talking about guys maintaining the work ethic and everything else that goes into getting them into the NFL and unfortunately that just isn't the case for everyone it's spot on I think calm you're bang on in the sense of we'll probably get into a lot of it now but I think this Stuart welcome to you as well my friend I think a lot of this will linger for a few weeks and just in our discussions we're going to try and have a few special guests on over the next few weeks um sure before we go into the actual players we'll try and go bit by bit at least over this next 30 minutes or so um we made some moves. We traded up to 63. <laughs> oh, God. We did. We traded up to <laughs> fill that, that position of, of dire need wide receiver. Um, we desperately needed to to fill the gap that we had on our roster. I think we only have about 13 wide receivers on the books at the moment. So we, we really, we really needed another one. Um. I think my, one of the things, Mick, is, and, and I think, you know, the, the, the old adage that there's no smoke without fire seems to be very much the case here. Like all off season, people were talking about trading or, or you know, trading a pick for Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Um, and I think I certainly, I would be guilty of this would have been, that's because they're our most tradable assets. But I, I think it's becoming clear that, Sean Payton is not happy with the wide receiver room. 
because um, I don't think you you make a trade up um, when you have so little draft capital. Um, I don't think you make that move unless you want to fill um, a specific um, area of need, which I imagine is is I, I think Mims is 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 what KJ Hamler was supposed to be. I think you know. Sean Payton's coming in. KJ Hamler wasn't his draft pick. He's obviously looked at, at, at unfortunately, the kind of output that KJ Hamler. I think I, I don't think anybody could doubt that KJ Hamler is a very talented player when he's on the field. But you know, the the, the key piece of information in that sentence is when he's on the field. And he isn't very often. Um, so Mims was was you know clearly been brought in to take his place. Um, and there was still chat about Corlin Sutton, you know, fielding offers. Um, uh, for Cortland Sutton during the draft, um, but they, you know, they didn't get the asking price, and I, you know, that to me was a culmination of of, of the, the just the way the off season has gone up to this point. So I think Mims is clearly somebody who's going to see the field, and he probably see the field very quickly. Um, you know, somebody made a comparison to um, Lockett, who by far and away his most successful seasons in the NFL have come when Russell Wilson was his quarterback. Um, you know, so I think that if if Mims turns out to be anywhere near as good as Lockett, I think that you'd have to say that's a fantastic pick. pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, we, we, look, you know, it's difficult to to nail the draft or to be. It's also it's almost impossible to really know how a draft, how, you know, how how it's going to play out. You know, even a year's time, we won't really know how that that particular draft class has gone Colin made a very interesting sort of comparison uh, I, I think I'd do one up as well when you know everybody who seemed to get very excited about how we'd nailed this draft you're kind of going yeah but all you have to do is go back a year ago and you'll see or two years ago and you'll see that Broncos country was ecstatic with the draft and everybody was given it an A or an A plus there's like two players or three players on the active roster <laughs> that's from that draft so um, you're going to need to wait a couple of seasons to see how it goes we don't know uh, they didn't they didn't uh, so much for for my expertise in saying that they were definitely going to pick a running back with one of the first two picks they had in the third round. We didn't pick a running back at all, and we picked up a couple of guys from um, yeah college free agents. Um, but that's still a position that that you'd have to say hasn't been filled. So maybe we might look for somebody who gets caught, or we might maybe even bring somebody like Murray back because at the moment we don't have. Um, we don't have speed in the running back position. We have two very powerful, hopefully with Javante coming back, two very powerful backs who are explosive in the sense that they can break tackles, but we don't have any burner speed. We don't have that, that, um, you know, home run hitter um, because P Ryan and Jamal and Javante are not that player realistically. So that was, I was very surprised that we didn't pick up a running back Um I, I wasn't hugely surprised that we picked up a wide receiver. I just didn't expect us to go up into the second round to do it, given the paucity of draft picks we had at our disposal. But hey, at least you know they they, they were making moves. They were they were doing things. They weren't just sitting around waiting for it to fall on them. So you have to laud them for that. But we'll see how that plays out. Going on the running back talk, Colin. I remember last week on this podcast you were talking about uh, this guy's name. I'm never going to forget. Nice Charbonnet. And I was thinking, here we go, and it didn't didn't turn out. How surprised were you with? Going from sixty-seven to sixty-four, you know, uh, sorry, trading up and getting that, and then having another pick of sixty-seven, getting a guy like Drew Sanders who is obviously going to come in and make an immediate impact because the guy's an All-American selection. Uh, within three years at Arkansas, um, sorry, his final season at Arkansas, he had nine and a half sacks. 
13 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, and on some prospect lists, I don't think it was the beast that I have, but he was rated as the top linebacker. So my question is, how the hell did he go 67th if he went there? It must be some question marks, Colmer. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic because I've seen, and you said it at the start, we just don't know what to think, but we've seen so many drafts where we're all going, holy shit, this is it, this is the year. And we would hope that Drew Sanders is going to be the guy. But I guess on my part as well, it, it was a weird one, Colm, because you know going and getting Mims, coming out about the fifth-year option in Judy. I mean, I remember we had a podcast, and correct me if I'm wrong, not that long ago where, like, I think I, I think I was happy enough. Like, you know, good luck, trade him away. I was just, I thought something was going to happen there, and it didn't, and now the fifth-year option's been exercised, and, and I guess we'll see what happens with that there. But a lot of questions in the one there, Colin, just, I guess, your thought on Sanders and, and Judy et al. Um, I, I would say that I, I find some of what we did really strange, and I I say that when you consider um, overall, in comparison to maybe what, the, the Chiefs do and the Eagles do is the, why I'm thinking at it, right? When you look at, at the Eagles and what Howie Roseman has done and he's consistently built a, a team, you know, they re, they rebuilt, right? Having um, had a disaster with Carson Wentz, but they moved on and they rebuilt and they were in the Super Bowl. And one of the things you would have to say that they do consistently um, is they invest in the offensive line and the defensive line uh in the draft right their line ha- has been the best or one of the best in football every year for the better part of a decade and that is because they consistently go about drafting and they did that again this year i mean when you looked at the eagles right and you said well what are their real needs going into the draft you're going to say middle linebacker has been an issue for them for for ages um, obviously, with they lost a number of running backs, um, and they probably you know had uh, their safeties as well, but that wasn't what they did with their top picks. They they went O line and and T line, and that's where I suppose outside of the quarterback, that's where the real value is. And when you consider again what they what they did, like last year they took Cam Jurgens and they sat him essentially. He, pl- he played a, a few games but they sat him behind Jason Kelsey. We've got a huge issue at say, at center, a massive issue at, at center. We end up taking a guy in the seventh round who, you know, um, there, there are certainly question marks about it. And to me, I think that's what I, I wonder about. And go, go back to the Chiefs, who you mentioned at the, the start, Michael, Super Bowl champions. The Eagles, who were so dominant um, at getting sacks last year, couldn't lay a glove on Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl because the the Chiefs went out, realized they needed to upgrade their O-line. Now, we've done bits and pieces of it, but in Creed Humphrey, they have one of the best centers in the game. And the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, and they have Jason Kelsey, who probably is the best center in the, the game. So... I look at our draft hall and it's it's not about the individual players. For me, it's it's the approach. Like we took again, we took a corner back as safety. Like Champ Bailey doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. 
Patrick Sertan could go on to to be one of the the truly elite, the greatest that there has been, but that is not a position that you know is is going to win you games, and that would be my concern. So yeah, when when you look at say Sanders, I mean there there's there's lots to to like uh, about him in in terms of his um individual play and it is an area that we certainly needed to strengthen and you worry about the the injuries that we have so that that is a pick um again you you just there, there there's a lot of development that will need to go into that you hope that it is in better hands now um but we we will see for me it is about we still, I think, have issues, um, you know, on the offensive line. That is an area that I would have seen us like to seen us address much earlier than we look to do that. I agree completely with your comments on the offensive line. I think, Stuart, the one that sort of stood out for me was Iowa's Riley Moss. Um, can I say this? The white quarterback. Uh, am I allowed to say that? It's it's rare that you have a white quarterback in the league in in many situations. A guy that had a PFF grade eighty nine point four, second among cornerbacks in the Big Ten. As I publicly thank my wife for bringing dinner behind the camera. Thank you so much, Go Broncos. Um, the thing that I found sure it was funny was Peyton was asked about this in the presser, and he was saying, "Well, you know, we're." we're looking at the board and we're thinking, how do we get Riley? And you're like, you, you, you hate giving up future. You hate giving up future picks. There's a lot of stakes involved here. A lot of moves and Collins mentioned it as well, where you haven't brought a lot of positions in that we thought would have been needed, especially so early. This is a guy that has got a massive ceiling, but again, we should have been looking at different positions here, surely, or am I like the Grinch? Well, I think cornerback was a position that we needed some depth in Michael um, so I, you know on the face but I don't mind the move in the sense that you know you've got Patsertan and I think Mathis played very well last year and you've got Williams um, so you need another you know you, you need another cornerback I, I so I don't mind I look I, I haven't spent much time watching college football certainly you know in the last couple of seasons. So I, I've never heard of this guy. It is unusual that he's a wide cornerback. Uh, there hasn't been one in the league for about 15 years, I don't think. Um, he does have speed um, and he does, uh, you know, he does seem to have pl- big playability and he's a ball hawk. Uh, the issue is not so much drafting him. Um, it was what you gave up to go and draft him because that seemed to make little or no sense. And I, and I think, you know, with the Broncos draft, one of the things that, is interesting is and you know again with the you know in, 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 in talking about draft grades and stuff like that it's it's very it's unusual to give draft or it's not it's it's difficult to, to sort of draft something that you haven't seen any evidence as to what it's going to play out like and uh, but the draft grades for whatever stock you want to put in them for the Broncos were all over the shop so some people were giving it an A minus other people would give it a D some people would give it a C plus you know so um but the one thing that I saw consistently that stood out were people were baffled by the fact that they gave up stock in the future to go and draft Riley Moss that seemed to be a move that people found very peculiar um one thing is that they they did reiterate over and over again he did have a good um he, he did well at the combine and I think he was in the senior bowl as well and I think he did show out in the senior bowl and I know Peyton mentioned that they loved him in the interviews 
Um, you know, so clearly there's a high character kind of thing there. And he looks like a good player. As I said, it's it's the move up to get him was the peculiar one. Uh, but I, I agree with Colm. I mean, I think, like for me at the moment, we, we have fixed the offensive line or we've gone towards fixing the offensive line in the sense that we got McGlinchey, we got power. Hopefully Bowles is coming back um, and Miners is a, is a decent player who looks like he's still got a lot of room to grow. Um, that's great, but at the moment there's a massive gaping hole at centre. And Lloyd Cushenbury has been a major disappointment since he came into the league. And the interesting thing is people seem to be talking of the centre we drafted in the seventh round. We drafted a guy called Wattenberg, I think, in the sixth round last year who played a couple of games for the Broncos and was absolutely atrocious when he played. So the idea that suddenly we're going to get a guy in a later round who's going to transform our line, it's pie in the sky. It's, it's fantasy land stuff, Nick. I'm sorry. And I think you're right. There's certain areas, certain groups that you just can't skimp on. We have spent money on the free agent pickups, but we haven't spent any capital. We haven't drafted an offensive lineman in, I can't remember how long it's been. Um, and safety is a position that I know you can get value with safety. As I said last week, Justin Simmons was a third round pick. He's, you know, consensus top two or three safeties in the league now. Um, but it's going to be a bit of a stretch for for the, the, the fifth rounder to come in and, and suddenly to contribute majorly. Um, and now it's reports are breaking that we're talking to Kareem Jackson again. You know, like Kareem Jackson has outstayed his welcome for, for, for at least one season, if not two. So the solution seems to be, let's get Kareem back in. And it's like, yeah, let's get Kareem back in. He'll make a big hit and then he'll blow a coverage and, and an assignment on the next play. Like that's not forward thinking. That's, that's, that baffles me so uh, you know again I, I I did find there was this sort of a skewed strategy and it seems a bit ramshackle and it's 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 you know again it's difficult to tell how it's going to play out but you know it certainly for me wasn't any kind of a home run um, slam dunk draft I, I didn't get that feeling I, I lo- the player I liked the most was Sanders um, you're asking Michael how he drops players drop all the time like Nick, Nick Bolton was the second last pick in round two. So he was, in effect, a third rounder. Nick Bolton is an outstanding inside linebacker again for the Kansas City Chiefs because they just seem to draft really well. Um, So Sanders is a player who can also get after the quarterback uh, and he has positional versatility and then he played most of his uh, last season at inside linebacker, but he can't line up an outside linebacker and he can get pressure on the quarterback up the middle as well which is something that we haven't been great at over the last season or two so I, I was really happy with the Sanders pick and I thought that was good value and we didn't have to move up to get him he fell to us the Moss one was bizarre because we, we we gave we like just when we're starting to get a full draft again next year <laughs> it's like we can't help ourselves we have to give bits of it away for a kid who you know could be a could be a, a fourth or fifth round cornerback, who knows? Uh, but they must have loved them. They they said over and over again they went out of their way to talk him up character wise. Uh, so we'll see. But to me, Moss he he strikes me as a, as a, as a you know the 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 bust boom with him seems to be um, quite you know there's 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 a gap there. He could be great or he could be a player you never really see. One of the things as well is. Our beloved friend Vance is very, very fond of playing man-to-man coverage. Um, this kid has struggled in man-to-man coverage. He's a much better zone defensive cornerback. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. So maybe there's been talk recently that Vance is going to keep things much the same as it was last year in Denver. Uh, time will tell because sometimes Vance doesn't look like he can get out of his own way. It'll be just like us to draft a cornerback who 
can do one thing well and then suddenly ask him to do something else. Uh, but we'll see. Time will tell. But I, I was slightly baffled by that move. Yeah, it's, it's it's a weird one. And I I love the analysis because it seems like when you feel the feelers that were coming out of that team and coming out of the journey that this team needs to make whenever Peyton come in. Sorry, when Sean Peyton came in over just a couple of months ago, you, you start to look at some of the moves that were made, trading up once, then trading up again and and leveraging more of a future in column. Like we're talking more, I think the Broncos as it stands have got seven picks in next year's draft, um, which is interesting. It's not a lot of picks at the minute, um, which isn't great. We're, we're still recapping that whole Wilson situation in regards to the draft capital that we have. And then going on what Stuart said and going on the sort of whole point of this podcast, it's hard to it's hard to really make a, just sort of make a guess or make it just of any player at the moment. Like look at the last pick in the draft last year, a guy called Brock Purdy. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about him. So it's 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 crazy like to see. But obviously we would hope that finally this year we've had if we could get two you know, long-term players out of this, I'd be very, very happy. Go on and watch Stuart said, Colin, but, and I, I, I know you mentioned the offensive tackle position. You know, we're going on, it's now six years in a row where we have not, or not drafted one. Um, do they think that Gar Bowles has got some sort of magical fairy dust in his arms? Or, you know, I, I know you've mentioned this. It makes you think when they employ people for a year for this very moment, for this night, what calls are going on? Like, what, what is being talked about? Who was on their board? Was it best player available? Because it certainly looks at some points like that was it. I just questioned a bit of that there. But obviously, that's why me, you and Stuart aren't in the big box sitting in um, Boulder trying to mess this up. I mean, like, I, I just don't get some of the picks, but I got I to gotta roll with it. Yeah, well, th- that's the thing. I mean, we are we can discuss it, have a bit of fun with it, but ultimately, we, we aren't the ones uh, ma- making the picks. Um, I think, on honestly, a lot of it is coming from the fact probably that we have been burnt. Right, it is so long. This is the second longest playoff drought, and the excitement levels when Russell Wilson came in last year, and the excitement around. Jerry Judy and 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 I mean you can go back and every year you know we've had hype around the Broncos and, and it just has never materialized into um you know good football on the the field and I think that's what you're hearing is a lot of skepticism now I will say that overall the Broncos have been quieter um in this off season than uh, the last few years, which is wonderful. I think long may it continue. I think you should, un- until um, you are back in, in the playoffs, keep the head down. There's no need to be making jokes on social media um, or, or making pronouncements about what you are going to, to do. Um, we are in um, a division with you know, one truly one of the great offensive minds in the history of the the game and the best quarterback in the league today. We are in a conference that is ridiculously stacked 
And we also, Michael, since we last recorded a podcast, Lamar Jackson has confirmed that he will be remaining in the AFC. So um, I wonder sometimes does Russ wake up and think, Ah, uh, what did I, what did I do? What did I do? Because the, the NFC is an absolute wasteland um, by comparison. We are, I think you hear it in all of us, we're all somewhat skeptical. We're all somewhat jaded. I think by the time football arrives back in September, we will be delighted that it's back. But we want to see the Broncos go out and perform on the, the field. That is what all of us want more than anything. I can't wait. It's going to make a crack. Uh, I want to get, not around it, but trying to think of something that we haven't spoken about. Stuart, uh, obviously getting uh, a Saints tight end, Adam Troutman coming on the last day of the draft, he wanted out. He said he felt like he was in a box in, in New Orleans, having to go back. Was it 1-5 something to 2-5 something? I might have got that wrong. Uh, but that sort of strengthens the depth of that position. I think he's sitting tight end, two tight end three at the minute. That, that, that gives us some options. I guess just your round off of them. Um, your thoughts in this draft for me it's very mad the minute i don't know tbc come back to me in like the first week in november after we play in london again I, a friend of mine once said michael the idea of uh this was to do with soccer football over here was to, to go out of a transfer window stronger than you went into it it sounds simple uh but sometimes teams don't do that um have the broncos come out of um this period of the offseason stronger than when they went into it. I would argue, yes, they probably have. Um, but have the moves they made been sufficient to claw back the, you know, large chunks of ground that we need to make up? I would not be convinced right now. If somebody said to me, I'm going to, you know, you can put a, a tenor on the Broncos to make playoffs. I'm not sure I would, I would, I would use that to do that. Um, I think they're 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 going to be more competent. I think Sean Payton is a far superior head coach to anything that we've had in recent years. Um, I I think the draft is is a bit of a peculiar one. I like some of the moves. I don't like some of the other moves. I I, I do. In fairness, you, you do have to put the proviso in that they didn't have a huge amount to play around with because of previous moves that they made um one of the things i found interesting today michael was this, this is the far too early mock drafts of 2024 um and there was a couple of them and i think two or three of them had the broncos taking a quarterback and ran one next year um so as colin has pointed out on quite a few occasions um colin's our stats guy he's our resident resident finance expert. Hashtag um, resident finance expert. Resident finance expert, Colin Cronin. Um, next season is the one that we, 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 there was never any chance of us moving on from Russell Wilson, despite fanciful sort of chat uh, to, uh, suggesting that we might, that we were always stuck with Russell Wilson for this season. We can move away from him next year. Um, if Russell Wilson plays the way he did with Sean Payton as his head coach, Payton, who is an offensive guru and has been proven to be over the years, if he can't get a song out of Russell Wilson, then nobody's getting one out of him. And I would think that next year's draft might be far more exciting for Broncos fans than this one. Uh, but I just thought that was an interesting sort of uh, sort of thing to, to sort of to see today was the fact that even now people are beginning to kind of come around to the idea that 
you know, perhaps this, this has been a mistake and it's one that we might move away from. Um, so I think there's a, for as much chat about, oh, a Russell Wilson bounce back year, there seems to be an equal amount of, well, this time next year, there'll be a, a new a new kid in town. So um, so maybe I'll be watching more college football uh, in the coming season than I did this time last year. That that is something to say there. I mean, like in a good way. Wow! Imagine, imagine that happens next year, Colm. I, I feel like um, you've already gave us your thoughts. Feel free to give us more if you want to. But I, I want to make a very big point to end my part of this podcast to say that next week is the best podcast of the year. It's the the schedule as I predict the record podcast. Will we be secretly given the podcast at seven o'clock Irish time again? That is TBC, and I I pray to God that our Beautiful source, not in the valley, but somewhere in New York before anyone starts going mad, might help us there. I'm not editing that out. Uh, I, I can't wait for that one, Colin. I'm presuming we're not going to Germany or London or no. I'd be utterly amazed if that were to to be the the case. I think you though you would you would have seen the one thing probably um I mentioned Bronco social media. Um the Obviously, the Broncos were down in Mexico. There's been a lot on that. It's great to see the fan passion down in Mexico is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I would expect that when the Azteca has been redeveloped, the Broncos could be very much at the front of the queue to be the first to play there. So until landing come over here, that's, I think, the, the gist of it. Maybe they should start giving teams like draft picks for playing over here. We, we could probably be playing every year at that point if that, if that happens. Um, Stuart, have you any final words? Any schedule predictions? That's a good point to end this on. I predict we play the Jets Monday Night Football for 8 o'clock in the morning. Just for yep. the crack. 100% agree with you, Michael. Nailed on. Nailed on. That or column the Chargers on Monday night football. No? I I would say, I mean, look, the Jets game is undoubtedly going to be um, prime time. I think it will be very early on. I, I don't think it will be. Are they going back to that? They had done away with that double header on the Monday night because of the Amazon deal. Um, so I don't know. It, it, hopefully that isn't the case. I do think that will be very early. I would imagine week one or week two, they won't be able to, you know, Rogers with a new team, Hackett versus his old team. Can Sean Payton get the, the best out of Russ? And they're concerned with both of these teams. Uh, because if you take the two combined, it's two decades worth of playoff drought. Um, they won't want to leave that until later in the year because they they will not want um, a, 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 a Christmas Day type massacre uh, to happen again. One of those teams is making the playoffs next year. One of the, One of those... Either the one of the Broncos or the Jets are making the playoffs. Oh well, I don't want to say anything in this podcast. I believe we're gonna make a play. I actually put a tweet out last week mimicking and I, I'm getting a lot of hate from Broncos fans that I'm just gonna end the podcast. But I, I will say, um yes, I wouldn't put it past NBC putting us against Kansas City to open the season. Genuinely, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. I, I get why I think isn't there there is a schedule rematch between the Eagles and Chiefs this season, but I'm just I wouldn't put it past them. Sean Payton, every all the eyes are in Russell Wilson going into Arrowhead, the banner drops. I pray to God that's not the case. Also because it's on a Thursday night, but that's a whole different conversation. Uh 
Do we think that could happen? No? Am I crazy? Yes, no, maybe that's where we have. Uh, that that game tends to be in December, Michael. We 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 seem to have a yearly expedition up to Kansas to get our asses handed to us by the Chiefs in December. Um I don't see why they would change that. I, I, I don't even it's it's the annoying thing is as bad as we've been, it's very often like not even that we get our asses handed to us. We just we're the, the scoreline is such that we're there or thereabouts, um, but we never with a real opportunity to win. It always feels like the Chiefs have about four extra gears that if they want to take it, they can go down and score at will. And it's um, absolutely dispiriting. That is, if I want one thing from next year, it's that we end that beyond frustrating streak of losing to them. That podcast should be out at 1am, not even next Friday. It might not be. If it isn't, you know why. Because we haven't got a clue. If it is, we're geniuses. But we'll, we will be back next week. We're gonna we're gonna go through each game uh, of the season, and we're gonna have a bit of crack, and we're gonna basically predict how that goes, and see how many wins we have, and and see how it goes for the crack. And uh, folks, this is now the Mile High Broncos Podcast Network. We appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening in, uh, and we'll be, we'll be back next week. Go Broncos! I can't say go Abs, so I'll just say go 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 Broncos and go 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 Nuggets. Oh no, it's looking good. Looking good. Looking good, baby. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.